All right, good to uh, be here with you all. And um, I'm going to ask you a question. What is something you're used to hear from your parents or grown-ups when you were a child? Like something they used to always tell you and you catch yourself now saying. All right, think about that. And uh, I'm going to give you a moment. Just turn to your neighbor. Is there something that you used to hear and now you catch yourself as an adult saying to other people? Advice, right? I'll give you a, just 10 seconds. What comes to mind? All right, go ahead and do that. Well, I'm sure we all have. It sounds like the way we're uh, mumbling along, like there are things. There may be a lot of things, right? And maybe that's how it sounded to us, you know, when we were kids. Um, but what were some of the things that, um, you know, we used to hear from grown-ups? Now we say, right? And I, I catch myself doing these things all the time from wash your hands. Like I remember my mom used to always tell me to wash your hands. And she, we had three boys, and she'd always say, you boys smell and wash your hands, take a shower. And um, I thought, wash my hands, you know. Um, and now I catch myself saying that, or go to bed early, wake up early, we say that often, um, and, and whatever it is, but we catch ourselves saying that. It, I guess it's because we are getting wiser. We're all getting a little bit wiser, right? And you get wiser by two ways. Number one, you get wiser by someone telling you how you should do something. So maybe you're a first time newlywed, um, or a first-time parent, rather, and you don't know what to do, and someone now comes along and says, hey, you know, you should just do it this way and that way, and you go, okay, ah, that's wisdom. But the second way, which is a lot harder, is you make mistakes, and you learn the hard way. And that's how life, maybe some of you grew up learning some big lessons, making mistakes through experience, and some of you have learned through a mentor through the scriptures, uh, through listening to someone, reading a book. And here, we're going to be um, spending all this summer going through the book of Proverbs, which is a, a teachings on how we ought to live, how you should live, what the Christian life is like, and why you ought to do this and that. And Proverbs contrasts two groups of people, the wise and the fool. The wise does this, but the fool does this. The wise will say this, but the simple-minded will do this and whatnot. And they contrast the two. And we definitely do not want to fall in the category of the fool. There's a quote that I read. Um, some have said it's from John Wayne in one of his movies. He said that life is hard. It's even harder when you're stupid. Right? I mean, isn't that so true? Life is hard. It's harder when you're stupid. Gosh, like, you know, don't we want to be wiser? Um, don't we want to know what's best? And here we get to Proverbs, and we're going to be learning this and this word wisdom. Uh, in the original language, in the Hebrew, is a word that means, one, one scholar translates it as a skill. Skill in the art of godly living, Bruce Walkie says. Skill in the art of godly living. Do you have skill? And often we think of skill as a, something we're able to do, you know. Some of us are able to cook, and you, you have a skill in that. Or these people who are on here today have a skill in music, and they're, they're good at it. But really, do you have a skill in godly living? This is wisdom. This is how we ought to live. Proverbs is written, a big chunk of it is written by Solomon, 
Uh, it's also uh, written also by a group of men called the Wise in chapter 22 through 24. Uh, Agur writes in chapter 30, Lemuel in 31. So there are uh, several contributors, Solomon being the main one, and it's a collection of sayings and truths on how we ought to live, life skills. And uh, we ought to want wisdom. Now, what we see in, in chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to leave it open to chapter 2 of Proverbs. And the very first thing we're going to be looking at is wisdom itself. So uh, now the subs, you know, on, uh, wisdom will now teach us how to deal with friends and how to deal with our words and how to deal with our enemies and, and how to deal with money. And we'll go through all the topics there throughout the summer. But here what we see is the first uh, topic itself in Proverbs is wisdom. How do I treat wisdom? And in chapter 2, it's, there's three sections here. And I ask you to hope, we didn't read all of it. It would have been kind of a long read. But we're going to be going through all of chapter 2. It starts with the if statement, the conditional statement. So you look at verse 1, if you receive my words. Verse 3, if you call out. Verse 4, if you seek me. And then it goes to the, uh, the cause and effect. So if you do this, then we see in verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Verse 9, then you will understand righteousness. So it's if you do this, if you seek wisdom, then God will grant you wisdom so that, which is the final result, we will live a wise life. In verse 16, so you will be delivered. In verse 20, so you will walk in the way of the good. And so you see these, how it's broken up. There is this argument that is laid out here in chapter 2, but it starts with, the first part is, you have to seek it. You have to want it. You have to ask for it. God is not going to give us wisdom if we don't seek it. God opposes the proud, and if we go to God and not ask for wisdom, he is not going to give this to us, nor will we listen. And so we have to, first of all, want it, and say it, and, and need it, and ask for it. And, you know, isn't this, isn't this true about life? I mean, the guys who are always working out are the buffest guys, and then the guys who should be working out aren't working out. Or, the, you know, my daughter is going to a SAT prep class now, and the kids that are coming out of that class, they all look like they don't need to be at that SAT prep class. Yes, I'm judging how they look. I was like, oh, God, forgive me, the pastor, dad. Oh, look at them. They all look like, uh, you know. Anyways, um, so, uh, but we do this, and even with wisdom, it's the people who need wisdom are always looking for wisdom. But a lot of us, as we get older, a lot of us, me included, we are far more apt to give advice than to take advice. We want to go and tell someone what to do versus now listen and ask people what to do because we now have a little bit of wisdom. But... We are told here, if you seek it, and you should want it, and you see a progression from a passive in verse 1, and how strong the language gets. Look at verse 1. It's very passive. If you receive my words. All you got to do is just receive. And treasure my commandments. Make your ear attentive. So you see this kind of level of progression of passive to aggressive, right? In verse 3, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. So not only am I just passively listening, now I'm looking, I'm calling out for it. And then in verse 4, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for 
hidden treasures. He says we ought to be treating wisdom like a person looking for hidden treasures, a person looking for silver. And the, one of the commentators notes that he mentioned silver here because in these days, it was most likely that silver was, uh, cost more than even gold. So it was the commodity to find. And hidden treasures. You ever see someone at the um, beach who is now out with the metal detector? And I, I always see them, and I'm always fascinated. I'm kind of hoping they find something, but then I really hope they don't find something too valuable because I'd be so jealous. You know, I'm just laying there, and they're just finding stuff, and you're kind of wondering, what are they finding? Well, you're not going to find anything just laying there, at least. And this idea of seeking it like wisdom, uh, like treasure, wisdom like treasure, you know, it is Bruce Walkie who says that the metaphor here implies a great deal of effort and sacrifice must be expended to get it. Great effort, sacrifice, to go and get wisdom. And so we cannot treat wisdom uh, as something that happens to us, that we just fall upon, that we just um, happen to learn. No, we have to treat wisdom like, I have to go get this. And some of us, when it comes to other things, when it comes to now, hey, my pursuit of money, I have to make money, or my pursuit of excellence in the work that I do, I have to be excellent in my work. My pursuit of, you know, my physique, I have to work out in this, or eat this way. Or the way I raise my kids, and this pursuit of raising them well. Well, all of those things can be pretty good, but we need wisdom. Pursue it like it is treasure. There was a list of statistics I read when it came to um, Americans and reading, right? Americans and reading. These, it's kind of um, shocking, but in a way not too surprising. It says one-third of high school graduates, one-third of high school graduates never read another book for the rest of their lives. One-third of them, right? 42% of college graduates never read another book after college. Some didn't read during college, right? And, uh, right? Uh, they said 80% of U.S. families, 80% did not buy or read a book this whole year. Now, you, if you happen to fall into this category, you're like, why is he quoting these things? And, you know, uh, you go buy a book today, and this is all solved, right? We have our, our book, Every Good Endeavor. You're solved. You're like, okay, but, and you could judge these people. Oh, these 80%. Oh, what kind of family is this? Horrible. And you can walk with your book, all right? Um, but really, and really on a side note, man, just the, just the amount you go on some social media and you're flipping through things that you, you're looking at, it's like, oh, this is so dumb, and you keep looking at it, and I catch myself doing this. This is so dumb. Why do they put pictures like this? And, oh, so dumb, so dumb. Oh, okay, like, you know, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, um, should I like or not? No, 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 I don't like that one. And read a book. All right, read a book. And, and so we have to gain wisdom in this way. We have to desire it in this way. And the, unfortunately, the older we get, often we uh, do not seek it as much. If you seek it, what does God do? He gives wisdom. Okay, this is not shortcuts to life or hacks on life and how to do something simply or how to make my life quick and easy. No, this is genuine godly wisdom. 
It changes the desires of your heart. It changes the perspective that you have. If you can understand that, that's what it is, right? So this is what happens. If you seek it, verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. There's two parts. The first part is we get wisdom about God. And the second part is we get wisdom on how to treat other people. You see the correlation between that and the the greatest commandment, love God, love others as yourself, right? Um, And so we see this. It's all connected. And the first thing you get, the answer is we get the fear of the Lord. You will understand that. You know, a successful life. And we have to be very careful of this, you know, to be so short-term in what we call success. Um, and we want to raise our kids. If you're a parent, you're raising your kids to be successful. Now, I, I think for me growing up, and maybe a lot of us, you know, my parents' vision for my life was just getting into some college. And they thought, your life is set. And I get there, and I was like, nothing is set, you know? Um, and we have to look longer further and not just oh what career or if they'll get married to the right no even longer what is it that they will live for for all of their days will they be a successful yet also godly this will they have a family that is godly and fun and nice and all these things i think we have to make sure we keep god in the midst of all that we do right the words of jesus ring true so much what is a prophet a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? So God will give us wisdom if we ask. J.I. Packer says this, and here's a quote. We might have it up, yeah. Not until we have become humble and teachable, standing in awe of God's holiness and sovereignty, acknowledging our own littleness, distrusting our own thoughts, and willing to have our minds turned upside down can divine wisdom become ours. Then what happens also is God give us understanding, not just about the fear of God, the respect of God, the acknowledgement of God and all that I do, but also how I treat other people. So all of a sudden, when we think of, if I can make a wish, we would think, I go to God, I make a wish, and God gives me something, a pleasure for me. But here, no, he says, he gives us a a vision for God, and he gives us now wisdom on how to treat other people. We see in verse 9, that word, then again. So if you ask, then you will understand these three things, righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. These three words, righteousness, justice, and equity. I just want to spend a moment on those words. Righteousness, right? Is a word. Sedek is the word in the Hebrew. It involves my personal sacrifice. What am I giving up? What am I sacrificing? And that word, uh, Bruce Walkie puts it very clearly. He says, it implies... Me, a person, being willing to be disadvantaged for the advantage of the others. Whereas the wicked person will advantage himself at the disadvantage of the community. And that's the difference. And so we think about that. You know, this last week and the week before here, two weeks ago, we had our VBS. And it was a wonderful time. 
It's wonderful to hear the little kids sing praises. It's wonderful to meet new faces. Uh, hopefully some are here today. It's wonderful uh, to see people serving. You know, I, I was thinking about all those who are serving, and I was scanning the room of all the people wearing blue shirts who are serving, and even last week as well. A lot of them, they had no real, we could say in a human term, they had no interest in the group. Like, they didn't have kids in the group. They weren't getting paid to do this. They were rushing back from work. Some were dragging their kids to help serve. Um, the people dancing on stage were doing this. Gene, our intern, ministry intern, was up there dancing for kids. I'd probably, I'm sure it's the first time and the last time, you know, like he will really dance and Daniel's taking video, making fun of him. And I, I just had a good time watching the whole interaction, right? But really, to sacrifice myself for the benefit of someone else so that the kids could now enjoy this time, so that the families will get a grasp of who Christ is, so that and, and this is them disadvantaging themselves for the benefit of others. This is righteousness. The second word, justice, it means giving people what they are due. Right? So when we think about a judge who is just to the guilty, they say, here is the punishment. To the innocent, they declare them innocent and free them. That, that's what a judge who is just uh, will do. Justice is the idea that I give to people. Right? It involves other people. I give and I treat people who are weaker and I help them. Those who are, um, you, know, you know, that I need to intervene and protect, I jump in. It's using my power to benefit someone else. And thirdly is this word uprightness that's used, or equity. It's looking at uh, your personal righteousness. Uh, the word comes from a root word which means just smoothly. It's used in the Bible about wine that goes down smoothly, right? It's interesting. It's smooth. It means there's no ups and downs, and there's, it's, it's integrity is there. It's of one substance is there. Uprightness. And so this is wisdom. Wisdom is not going on YouTube to find a shortcut on how to fix this or watching a video on a hack in life on how to do this and make a room for your child or what. No, real wisdom from God involves me grasping who God is, changing my desires through that wisdom, me treating people well, using what's in my power to benefit other people. This is wisdom. You know, I remember growing up, and some of you might have this experience. Uh, I remember we'd go to this local buffet, and they had Chinese food, Japanese food, and everything, you know. And um, the first thing that they have is the fried rice. And my mom was really anti-fried rice. She said, don't eat that fried rice, right? It's old rice, and they make it, and it just fills you up. And so I would, hungry kid, 10 years old, and I'm just heaping on like fried rice, right? Hey, give me this in a spoon, I'm, I'm good. And you're like, no, put that back, don't eat it. Wait till you get the meat, right? Because it's expensive and it's better. Don't eat that. And I thought, I remember thinking, I can't, I still remember specifically thinking, I can't wait till I'm a grown man. I'm gonna eat all the fried rice I want. Like, you know, <laughs> I'll pay for it, I'm gonna eat this. But what happens? I'm a grown man and I catch myself now. Hey, kid, don't eat all that bread, right? Wait, the entree's coming out, you know, but I like the bread. Don't eat it, just wait till the good stuff comes out. But what's good to you is not good for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds so familiar. <laughs> and they're thinking, I can't wait till I grow up so I pay for my own food. And I'm thinking, I can't wait till you grow up so you pay for your own food, right? <laughs> and we're thinking the same thing. Hurry up and grow up, get a job. 
leave, you know, um, leave, leave us alone. Stop making me pay for four people, all right? Um, they're not here, so I get to kind of share a little extra freely here. <laughs> um, of course, I love my kids, all right? Um, but we see this here, um, how we... Um, so when we talk about the fear of God, some of us will say, oh, gosh, I have no feeling. I have to guilt myself into feeling. No, no. Once we ask God for wisdom and we get a grasp and we mature, then our desires change. Our taste changes in a way. Of course God is more valuable. Of course God is eternal, so I ought to think about what he wants more. My work is, you know, it's temporal. My pleasures are temporal. I ought to honor God in what I do. And so it comes in this way. You know, there was a video that went viral a few months ago. Probably a lot of you have seen it. And most of these viral videos are kind of negative, you know, road rage and fights and seals dragging kids over the harbor and, you know, like things like that um, that I've watched about 20 times, you know. <laughs> Grandpa jumping in, mom and dad doing nothing, you know. Um, but one that I saw that was very positive, right? There was two teenagers on the street corner. They're about to duke it out. Right? And some of you have seen this. And there's a group of their peers with their phones, and they're egging them on. You know, beat them up, hit them. They're calling out their names. And they're, they're about to go at it, taking a few swings. And in the middle of that, just a man out of the blue comes in. 27-year-old. Uh, his name was uh, Ivan Miller, father of five, working hard, still taking classes in junior college. And he, he lives in the neighborhood. And he breaks up this fight, and he starts lecturing everyone. And he starts yelling at the kids who are taping. And he's saying, look at them. They're making fun of you. They're laughing at you. And they're doing this. And he lectures them and lectures them. And these boys, you could tell just their, the tension is going down. And it's all making sense. And he calls them together. He says, put your hands out. And he makes them shake hands. They were fighting over a girl, right? And they shake hands and they become friends. And this went viral. And he got recognized by the city. And he was on TV for this. But really, I think it's such a... A refreshing picture of someone who has wisdom, someone who was older who had wisdom, saying this is foolishness, that uses his power and influence to bring justice. And this is what the wisdom that we have to ask for. And the final goal, the conclusion of it is this, so in verse 16, you will be delivered. Verse 20, so you will walk. Two things, the final is a result in our life, and there's the, the things that we will say no to and the things that we will say yes to. So you will have a life like this. Verse 16, the negatives, what not to do. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. A, a temptation here is personified as the uh, forbidden woman. But you will be delivered. You have this wisdom. You will now have power to be delivered. You will have the wisdom to say no. You will have the wisdom to say, this isn't worth my time. This isn't worth my energy. This is not something I want. So you see, again, this isn't about God saying, oh, I want to make sure your life is boring and no fun. No, what he is saying is, I just want to change so you have wisdom that you're mature. So the things that were childish, the things that a child would play with as a grown, mature man or woman of God, you'd say, mm, it's not that appealing anymore. The things that we will do is mentioned in verse 20. So you will walk 
in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. When the Bible talks about walk, uh, it means our daily life. It, it means getting up in the morning. Uh, what's your morning routine like? Um, where do you work or do you stay home with your kids? What is that morning like? And What do you eat? How do you treat those you interact with throughout the day? Um, how do you spend your weeks? How do you spend your days? It's the daily mundane things in life is what it's talking about. So you will walk in the way of the good. Really, think about it. How many of us say, gosh, I really want to walk in the way of the bad. I really want to walk and get in trouble. I really, no, none of us do. But in order to do this, it's not by my own goodness. It is the wisdom that God gives us as we put, place our faith in Christ. He gives us this wisdom. And we say, oh, God, change my heart, transform my mind. Help me to grow up in you. It's like a walk in this way that I will stop doing these things. You know, um, I close with this thought. You know, all of us are going to leave a legacy. Right? You think about legacy, you think about something big and uh, someone famous or something like that, but all of us will leave something behind. Uh, you, at your workplace, many of you who are working, at your workplace, there's already people have a, a reputation or a thought of you. Oh, very thoughtful, excellent, kind, uh, whatever it is. They have these thoughts about us. Uh, at your home, and if you, if you are married or if you have children, obviously you are making a huge impression. And it's not just a one lecture or oh, the one daddy-daughter dance I go to. Or, no, it's the daily things that leave the legacy and how you walk. And the kids do not selectively pick up only the good things. They pick up all the bad things. I want to challenge you to leave a legacy. And it starts by walking daily in the way of the good. Walking the, in the paths of the righteous, doing what is right. The kids will grow up and say, yeah, I remember. Yeah, they, they would take me to church. I remember, boy, my dad was always helping and serving, and we were always bringing people over and being hospitable to them. I remember, you know, supporting these people who were less fortunate. I remember my mom taking me on this trip to go and serve others or uh, serve food to others. That is the way. And so I want to challenge us right, for this whole summer. Let's make this a summer of just wise living. Let's not waste it on anything foolish. Let's rest. Let's have vacations in a wise way. Let's work in a wise way. Let's interact with each other in a wise way. When fall comes around and we look back, we say, boy, what a positive time we had. Let's give our best to the Lord. Uh, he gives us this wisdom. Let's pray. God, what a humbling thought it is that we can go to you and you directly give us wisdom. God, um, what an embarrassing thought it is to think that we don't ask you for wisdom. Lord, what a, a really a sinful behavior that is for us to ignore the maker of heaven and earth, the sustainer of my life, and to assume I know better. And so, God, we humbly come before you, and we need your help. We need your wisdom. We want to learn. We want to come to listen to you. We want that, Lord, to now change us. And so, God, we do it through you. I ask, God, this summertime that we have, 
as some of us are on break or our kids are on break or whatever it is as we have trips planned and all these things God um, we want to we want a wise time we want to live it wisely for you so would you bless us in that way we pray in Jesus name amen